Hey everybody, my name is Ethix. My name is T. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Fearful, Fearful Thoughts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back everyone. Um, did you have a happy new year, little buddy? Yeah, I stayed up playing video games all night while my neighbors were uh, shooting up fucking mortars at midnight like assholes goddamn bastards i, I know, know we had a bunch of people in our area doing the same thing um i however was not up until midnight i i was just up playing video games i i didn't do like a countdown or anything i looked at the clock and i was like thank god it's not 2020 anymore that was my only concern yeah, just as long as uh, nobody plays with the Hellraiser cube and starts us all over. Oh, was it the Hellraiser cube, or was it more like... Uh, Jumanji? Jum- yeah, I was going to say Jumanji, <laughs> like someone fucking finished the game. Fuck, I, that, somebody better finish the game. That was a bullshit year. That was a bullshit year. We, uh, a lot of, a lot of shitty things happened over 2020. Fuck yeah, did I mean now, Jesus? We got the, we got Rona. We got fucking the, Rona. I I know I've talked about not saying anything about politics, but all the I'm just gonna say it like this: all the stupid shit that happened with politics. Yeah, politics in general this year was really stupid. Yeah, on it, both sides. I. Yeah, that's why I try to stay out of it. It. No, I don't blame you. It makes you dumber. It, yeah, it really does. It's a reality TV show. That's all it is. It really is anymore. Um, um, yeah. And, and did you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, my New Year's resolution was to go hunting for some black-eyed kids. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> I, I, I do have a New Year's resolution um, to not procrastinate as much. That's I, a good one. Because I, I find myself procrastinating a lot. Like, I have all these ideas that I want to uh, want to do. And, like, I want to edit more and learn how to do other stuff. I want to do other videos and everything. But I'm just like, uh, I could do it later. <laughs> like, right, right, yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely a good one. Um, what was yours? Go, to go on adventures more. Yeah, well, motherfucker, I hear you're going on a big adventure in I just a am, few months. Uh, in about six months, uh, I'm going to be going to Ireland, and not just one spot. We're we're going to start in Dublin and work our way around. Uh, we're going to stay in a castle. You son of a bitch. <laughs> we're going to go see the Kissing Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Think about all the herpes that are on that stone. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. <laughs> um, and actually, the myth behind the kiss- Kissing Stone is those who kiss it are granted with a gift to gab. Can you uh, maybe explain to the viewers and my retarded self just a little bit? Which part? What is the gift of the gab? The gift to gab? Like talk. The baby gab? Yeah, talk. Talking. (laughs) Be able to talk more fluently. 
I said baby gab instead of gap. It was a pun, but you didn't catch Jesus that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'll, so you can talk better. Like, it gives you, like... More better. More better. See, you fucking need it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. God damn, grammatically uh, grammic- incorrect. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, last so there's that, and um, actually one thing I would like to do includes you, buddy. Ooh, is um, and it it's close on kinda, right. Yes, <laughs> I would hope so. It would get really awkward otherwise. Um, it has to do with our topic today. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure the viewers remember from the I don't know ginormous fucking hint from last weekend where we were like well we shouldn't tell them but you know it's it's this and he's over there and there and there and they they were like motherfuckers we know are, what it are is are you sure that they caught it I mean cause I, I, I don't know do we have any Voice messages or anything? Oh, I mean, are oh. we, do do we got anything like that? You know, there it is. Um, no, we don't. Um, another episode, another disappointment. <laughs> um, yeah, just before, yeah. Bef- so before you jump back on that, this is this is my quick little reminder, you little bastards. Okay, here's what's gonna happen. You're going to go to Facebook because now there's a Facebook page that what? yours truly made. We have a Facebook page yeah. now? Yeah, because I, I got bitched at so much <laughs> for not having huh. it. I wonder who did that. I don't know. Probably somebody pretty fucking smart. Oh, yeah! <laughs> you should have you hit the other one for that one. <laughs> but, um... You mean that one? No, 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 no. Mr. Garrison. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, so so here's what you okay. Here, I'm just. This is my one-on-one to you, little bastards out there that are listening. Listening, you need to go to Facebook.com on your Facebook page. Okay, Uh you're gonna uh search in there. You're gonna search up "fearful thoughts" or "fearful thoughts podcast" because that's we're we're under both. And you're gonna go to the page Uh on the page. Okay. There's a post on there that has the link to voice message us on. Really? Yeah. Would you look at that? <laughs> like, I would if I was on Facebook right now. I'm not. Um, but uh, but I'm here it, with you instead. <laughs> but but it is possible to go onto Facebook.com, look up Fearful Thoughts or Fearful Thoughts Podcast, mm-hmm. and go on to the link that was posted just recently. All the episodes are also going to be uh, posted on there as well. They are all of them are up to date Even right the now. The video, yeah, the video version of it. But nice. So, um, what I need you guys to do is voice message us because if you don't, I'm coming after you. We will find you and eat you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but seriously, start messaging us. Yeah, now that there's a Facebook page, there's no excuse. Yeah, no, seriously, there's uh, I think 27 people on the Facebook page already. Wow. Yeah, and you know, 
none that, of those motherfuckers awesome. are voice messaging us. Even though or I know a few of them. messaging us on Facebook? No, no. I said it to where, listen, I was... I was really strict with this shit. So they can't send us a message on Facebook? No. What they can do, because to contact us, they have to go, the contact button for it is the link to go to Anchor to voice message us. What if somebody's shy and doesn't want their voice out there? Well, the good news is, is that there's also a second page that's right. Wait, there's more. Um, we had a second page made um, for the group and or fans or whatever you guys want to call it, um, where you guys can go on there, discuss different topics, and you know talk about stuff. If you guys want to post something, uh, we'll try to check on that as frequent as possible. So if you post uh, like something that you want on the show, but you are shy. I guess I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Good. Because uh, I'm sure there are those out there, and that could be why they haven't voice messaged us. Yeah. No. I'm, just I'm gonna trying to throw them a bone here. You know, um, our <clears throat> is funny because uh, Nick, uh, the guy that our guest judge, our guest judge, he was like, I was gonna, I was gonna voice message you guys, and I said, why didn't you? And then he was like, because if I voice message you. He's like, it'd be more like, hey, hey, guys, fuck you, and then out. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I would still play that I shit. Would still I, mean, play, I would still play it, too, but then I was yeah. like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, and he was like, see, that's why I haven't. See, I, I, but, I would but, totally put that out there because anything is better than nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, because right now, if you go to the page and you look at our voice messages – You'll get a whole lot of... Uh, Nothing. Absolute silence. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. No, no, it's but, not, but you know. You know what I'm going to start doing? As much... Because uh, these, are, these are people that are close to us. <clears throat> I'm going to start name dropping. <laughs> I'm going to start putting these people all blast. A few of them, at least, because... Like, I know it's not going to like offend or hurt them, but I'm going to call them out. Good, good. I think that's a great plan. Um, just because they're family friends and they're yeah. family. No last name, just first name. And yeah. And call them out. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, with that said, you know, um, you want to tell the folks what this week's all about? Oh, yeah, to get back on to what you were talking about. Correct. We are talking about... Uh, the big hairy man that doesn't like uh, pictures. The wolf man? No, 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 no. He Ozzy likes pictures Moto. if you if you get it good. No, 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 no. Um, we're talking about the big mummy. F- no, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a big hand, big hand. Oh shit! Sorry, it was wrong. Right. Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, Bigfoot. Yeah, that guy. That's who yeah, I was meaning. That guy's pretty cool, pretty sweet. And uh, also, apparently, um, we're uh, we're also talking about his relatives. Yes, the Yeti. Yeah. Um, also, there's the um the honey swamp what the yeah. swamp monster. Well, I was gonna keep it a secret till time, but you oh just shit, well, I'm sorry. Oh, I should have muted your mic. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, <laughs> the Honey Island Swamp Monster, who is related to Bigfoot down in uh, Louisiana area. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I got some cool facts. Some that I didn't know. Sorry for um, the spoiler. Yeah, asshole. Um, some cool facts that even I didn't know about Bigfoot. Um, some really cool stuff. A couple stories. Nice. What do you got? Um, so you, I knew that you were going with that way. I know you went with the facts on the um, abominable snowman. The big Yeti, yeah. the big white boy. Um, Whitey's got to pay. <laughs> but I <laughs> I did the stories on him. You did facts. Yes. Which yes, I, yes. I have a I have a brief description, but my stories are actually about the Himalayan monster, the Yeti. And he's also been seen in other regions all over, all yeah. over the world. Um, I got one hell of a fact for you. About when him, it's my turn. Yeah, that'll blow your socks off. I'm I'm extremely excited. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so talking about the Bigfoot, going back to what you were talking about earlier, I didn't mean to interrupt. We're gonna you. go hunting. We're going hunting. We're gonna go hunting for Bigfoot. Oh shit! We might have to put that on the channel. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna um fucking live stream get some, it. Get some camping gear. We're gonna go out to the the Wenatchee National Forest and. To some of the hot spots, and look for them. So uh, look for traces of them, and just have a spooky good time out there. What tell happened? Some, tell some spooky s- tales. Y- y- you know what the shitty the, campfire? the shitty part about that would be if he actually showed up. Yeah, what would the fuck would we do? Um, you got a big fishing him net to tell <laughs> stories with us. Duh. I'd fuck. uh, I'd offer some. Uh, you, you know the the best olive branch that you can ever give, especially at camp, is a s'more. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I, I bet he loves s'mores. I mean, who doesn't? Hopefully it's not body parts. Um, I would I would be, I'd be very disappointed if it was my arm that he was chewing on <laughs> in lieu of the s'more. <laughs> right, like, that's not right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's that's one of the things I wanted to do. It's, it's always Sweet. been a... Long time dream of mine to go hunting for him, so I want to try to make that happen this year. I like that, and it's also part of your New Year's resolution to do more adventures. Yeah, adventure time! Come on, grab your friends. Now you're gonna mute me, aren't you? No. (laughs) Um. So. (laughs) So So, yeah. So that 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 kind of tied back that around um so have you uh have you seen the big hairy monster i've never personally seen him um there's been stories that i've heard for years and years oh surrounding um up in the wenatchee area really yeah huh you know I was always, I was always uh, thinking. Uh, I never would have thought Wenatchee. I would have thought more like, maybe like Seattle, Bellingham, over over Mount on Rainier the coast area. Ra- yeah. Well, well, the thing is though, up in Wenatchee is the start of the Wenatchee National Forest. Oh, so yeah. the forest is there. the The Wenatchee National Forest is actually 
a good size. So when you say that, it doesn't necessarily mean right there at Wenatchee, just that area. The only thing I got to tell you right now, since I don't own one, you better bring a gun. I got you covered. Well, the only reason I say I that is because... You. And one for me. <laughs> well, the, the Nerf like, guns. <laughs> oh shit, we're dead. <laughs> well, the only reason why I was saying that is because um, there was a spike in wolf population just recently over over in Wenatchee. There really? was a big pack that was seen, um, and not too long ago. I would say in the last like six seven months. Um, oh okay. okay. And they migrated over. From what I remember reading, I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Um, over in Montana, that they were migrating through. Oh, okay. Um, but they they held up, and I think they still are in Wenatchee. So it probably would be smart to bring a gun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You never, you never, you never go on something like that without some sort of protection. Not to mention our awesome axe throwing skills. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come, I, on, come I, on. I could double throw that shit. Fuck yeah, no, we're talking. <laughs> Gonna go Assassin's Creed. Yeah, so, um, with all of that out of the way, are you ready for this week's random horror fact? I am most certainly ready. Are you? Are you really ready? Yeah, make sure you play that slideshow, too. The one that you worked so hard to get me the pictures for. You're last damn right minute. I did. Because <laughs> uh, I've been, I wouldn't say slacking. No, you've been I, you've I, been preoccupied I was with other stuff. Working on <clears throat> some future episodes. Yeah, the future, the future. Yeah, um, I'm constantly one week to two weeks ahead on my research. Yeah, um, but what I'm working on right now is almost like bonus episode, bonus material kind of thing. Yeah, you know something that spans a long distance, and like we're gonna start off at 1900. 1900 to current. To current. Yeah, there yes. we go. So it's it's going to take us a while to go through it all, um, but it'll be a really fun and interesting journey. Yeah, that'll be fun. So I've been working on that, and I did not get to my pictures like I wanted to. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> but that's all right. So we have some pictures. I'm going to pull them suckers up right now. <laughs> Quest Craven, yeah. Ooh. As you can tell uh, by the pictures, we're going to be talking about Scream this week. Ooh. Yeah. Did you know Scream was inspired by actual events that took place in Gainesville, Florida during the early 90s? Nuh-uh. An American serial killer known as the Gainesville Ripper murdered students in rather disturbing ways. Writers Kevin Williamson watched a news report about the murders and was scared out of his mind. The fear inspired him to write the opening scene for Scream. 
And did you know, Linda Blair, who is best known for playing the possessed child Reagan in The Exorcist, had a small cameo in Scream. Did she? She played a reporter who briefly hassles Sidney Prescott. And then, of course, you know, the iconic late horror director Wes Wes Craven also had a cameo. Oh, what did he play? Craven was best known for creating a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And so, for his cameo, he wore the Freddy Krueger hat and sweater. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a dope <clears throat> cameo. Right? So, was he portraying um, Mr. Freddy Krueger? No, he was portraying, I believe the guy was a janitor. Okay. But um, wasn't... But he was dressed uh, with the the iconic... Red Look, and green sweater and the fedora. I think the thing that gets me about that is that it would be really cool to see all of, like, the horror universe in, in like, that aspect. Like, Freddy Krueger, Ghostface, Leatherface, Chucky, um, all of them. Jason, uh, of course. Um, and just do an all-out kill for all. You know what I mean? A kill all kind of thing, or kill each other. Yeah, that'd be that'd be something. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, that was that was actually all I got. I kept my oh. horror fact pretty short and sweet this time. Nice. Because uh, sometimes it's a little bit longer, sometimes it's a little bit shorter. Depends on the temperature outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I didn't want to go too much because I know at some point we're going to be covering movies and stuff and so i don't want to use up all my information on a random facts because it would take away from a future episode yeah and uh to all future listeners and current if you have if you just started watching or you've been with us for a little bit already um even if we mention whether it's a serial killer a cryptid a movie, a video game, a book, whatever. Just because it's mentioned with brief details, even in a future episode, like let's say um, we did a versus episode or we did a little bit of backstory on Ghostface. That doesn't mean that we won't come back and look at the franchise of Scream. And go through their movies. And so, like I said, this is... Everything's going to get covered. We're going to try our best to get fucking every nook and cranny. Yeah, and if you think we're leaving something else out, um, message us. Oh, that's a perfect little time to uh, send a little voice message. Yeah. You like my little ASMR? (laughs) Uh, I I like your AM radio voice. My... Hey there, guys. Are you guys ready to get to the breakfast club? No, I'm just kidding. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> All right. So, oh, and for those of you watching, um, there's a picture in here of somebody that doesn't quite look like Ghostface, but it's because he's from the Scream TV show, not oh, the yeah. movie. Yeah, and I think you can watch that on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. I have yet to check it out. Um, I've watched. I a will couple, once though. 
I, I, um, I watched a couple episodes. It wasn't like fully watching it, but it, it was pretty good. Um, I gotta admit, uh, I was started watching on Netflix season three of Cobra Kai. Ooh, yeah. We watched. We binged like three or four episodes last night. Oh Jesus! Nice. Yeah. We're probably gonna binge the rest of them tonight. Hell yeah! I love that show. That the whole Cobra Kai show is amazing. Yeah, it, I I like it too. Well, we better get your ass getting going for bed soon. So I think it's time to do two truths and a lie. Ooh, all right. Let's. See if you can stump me this week. I I think I actually You're, might you've stump been doing you. Pretty good. So yeah, uh, the odds uh, are against me. Uh, you've gotten one right out of eight episodes. Is it? I I thought this was our eighth episode. Yeah, this is our eighth episode. So oh, I'm sorry. Right I'm sorry. Seven. I'm getting, <laughs> getting get a little your ahead. Numbers <laughs> right, bitch. No, I'm just getting a little ahead <laughs> of myself. Uh, so let's see if you can. Let's see. Oh, you're starting to piss me <laughs> off, you okay so in that instance let's get started first up the study shows that only 16 percent of americans believe in bigfoot in 1965 bigfoot was officially put on the endangered species list in ireland greenland and finland followed suit in 1967 uh, there was a period uh before uh, Greenland. So it was Greenland and Finland followed Ireland in 67. Um, and then the next one is the myth of the hairy creature Bigfoot does not exist in Canadian culture. I win. Huh. I, I brought my A game this week. You did. Um, wow. I... Uh, yeah, you better get nice and comfortable now. I'll do uh, I'll do a little bit of my ASMR for you. <laughs> Trying to put me to sleep over here. Hey, how you doing? Do you wanna do you want a breakfast sandwich? <laughs> what kind of breakfast sandwich? <laughs> it's it, it's one of those you gotta pull out my pants and find out. You gotta unwrap it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, wow. Um. A kind of sounds truthful. There's 16% of Americans believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's actually a higher number than I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, God. I want to say that C is the lie. You're, oh, so <clears throat> uh, do you want to... Can, uh, repeat for the audience what C, C was. The myth of a hairy creature does not exist in Canadian culture. So and that I find that one hard to believe. No, just a, okay. Before before you actually choose your answer, I'll give you I'll give you a chance. Okay. Can I phone a friend? This isn't my friend is Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, this isn't uh, deal or no deal. <laughs> like you can't. I know because you have not been bringing any treats for me to win. Maybe I would try harder if there was a prize. I'll I'll, I'll give you the prize. 
<laughs> no, um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a chance <clears throat> to 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 think it. Okay, go think on it. Really, really think on this one, because there's a reason why I did it the way that I did. There are shorter answers, uh, shorter statements, I should say, mm-hmm. and they could all be very possibly believable, and they could all be true. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> you got this. I believe in you. Come on. Okay. B. B is B is definitely. And that's your final because answer. Because in order for him to be put on the endangered species list, they would have to acknowledge his existence and therefore move him out of the cryptid myth to reality. Okay. And uh, you, and that's why you're justifying that answer. That's how I'm going to justify that answer because um, you can't put some. I wouldn't think that you could put something on the endangered species list if it's not considered real. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. Sure. Positive. Positive. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you five more seconds, and then you could change your answer in five, four, three, two, one. B. All right, you got it right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the more I, was... I thought about it, I was like, because I was like, there's no way that he doesn't exist in Canadian culture. But then I started reading B more, and I was like, well, Wait a second, so, endangered species list? No. There is some truth to that, though. And I only changed the countries. There were three countries that put him on the endangered species list. Really? Yeah, this is fact. Um, it was Russia that first did it. Okay. And then France and Germany did it after Russia did in 1967. Okay, that... That would make sense, because um, there's something in one of my stories that might help. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So, cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you got it all down and good? Yeah. I'm uh, two and six. Two, and, two out of six. Two and six. Fuck, I almost had you, and I thought almost. I did. You were, you were close. I, and then when I... Uh, Looked a little bit deeper. I saw. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to fuck with you a little <clears throat> bit. That didn't. Good. Good job. Good job. Was it? A, was it a good? Uh, a good try. Would yeah. You? Yeah, that was a very good try. Um. I, I. Yeah, you're getting good at that, and. Uh, yeah. Eventually. I might win more. Yeah. Eventually, your uh, your odds are stacked against you a little bit but you did win this week so congratulations yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right all right so are we uh i'm i'm gonna get comfy over here while you uh get all set up yeah what happened to your pajamas and all your it's fucking your blanket in here yeah i know i should have brought my blanket to stay warm yeah and now it's like it's probably like fifty Not in here. In the studio where I nah, need it. It's probably it. like sixty. And uh yeah, I should have brought it. It's a little nipply out there. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So, here's here's the story of the abominable abominable snowman. Man named Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! Couldn't help that. Uh, Okay, you set it up. (laughs) (laughs) The abominable snowman, Tibetan Yeti, mythical monster resembling a large, hairy, ape-like being supposed to inhabit the Himalayas at about the level of the snow line. Though reports of actual sightings of such a creature are rare, certain mysterious markings in the snow have traditionally been attributed to it. Those not caused by lumps of snow or stones falling from higher regions and bouncing across the lower slopes have probably been produced by bears. At certain gates, bears place the hind foot partly over the imprint of the forefoot, thus making a very large imprint that looks deceptively like an enormous human footprint positioned in the opposite direction. So, that was just a little bit of backstory of what people thought or could think it could be a big snow bear. A bear, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, just because of how it's the foot placement and how they okay. carry themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. can see that. I can see that. So, this one is called My Encounter with the Yeti. I was hardly known as being a particular, particularly brave man. So, you can imagine my surprise when my master, who I was currently working under for a fair amount of wage, stood up from his black leather couch and announced to the whole room, Grab your things, Charles. We shall be embarking upon an expedition. Just following a rather aged documentary about Mount Everest and the local legends of a terrible beast, the Yeti, which wandered the mountain, Erwin Baker had always had a fascination with the unknown, and... As his valet, I was inclined to listen to his frequent ramblings of the occult and supernatural and occasionally even partake in the occasional ritual that he claimed would grant immortality or some other fanciful enhancement. Perhaps it was because he was so rich that life just didn't hold its elements of surprise as much as, as much any longer, and this was just one of his many attempts to starve off boredom. Either way, I do not claim to know, uh, and soon we had traveled from London to Rome and to Rome to Turkey, and finally the long journey from Turkey to Nepal. Nepal was a very cold place, might I say. The air was thin, and the locals were more than happy to relieve us of a few pounds in exchange for supplies for our rather impromptu expedition. We had gathered a team of a rough and ready sort, and our guide, who went by the name of Lawrence Fisher, had vexed me from the very beginning. He bore a greasy black handlebar mustache and a head of similar colored hair, and carried himself as if he was a prince. My master and I must have shared the same loathing, but he had claimed to have made it to the top down top and down five different times. Of course my master was uninterested in the full journey and instead wanted simply to find a photograph of the elusive Yeti. Lawrence also claimed to have made arrangements and after staying in Nepal for a night we began our trip to the base of the great mountain via a bus. My master was a little upset at its condition as it was rusty and worn and rattled 
and rattled us every time we encountered a slight bump in the road. But he managed to at least prevent other passengers from coming aboard and mucking up the trip more than it already was. The trip to the mountain lasted two long days. And as I stared blankly out at the window and into the hilly surroundings, I couldn't help but feel some apprehension about going on such a journey. Of course, I didn't really believe that yetis existed. And all the different rituals my master had made me do had all ended in failure. But even so, these lands had a sort of mystic uh, mysticism about them. Something distinct, uh, distinctly unknown. We arrived at the base of the mountain at about noon. And when we pulled up to a small lake by the name of Imja, we saw an old rundown shack beside it. Lawrence led the group to the shack, and inside the foul-smelling place was this crusty old man who was communicated only in sign language. Lawrence translated the various signs to something like, Footsteps on the middle, look for caves. I thought my master would be upset at such vague news, but to my surprise, he gave the man a thankful nod and said, Gentlemen, we have our course. Everyone present shared uh, everyone present shared my surprise as he walked off back to the park bus, but a few mumbles and shrugs were exchanged, and from there on we moved on. Yet another three hours later, we reached a different part of the mountain, and the bus drove away this time. Lead the way, Mr. Fisher, spoke my master, with a cheerful voice, and we were on our way up. At this point, the air was dry, but not as cold as you may imagine. Sure, it was quite frigid, but with all the coats and layers we wore, the weather was quite bearable. I suppose the best thing I could say of our expedition was the beautiful surroundings, with massive valleys of green and incredible views of the nearby landscape. The mountain loomed overhead farther than I could see, and the snow underneath our feet was crunchy. After about a day of travel, we made camp at the flattest piece of ground we could find, camping on Mount Everest was a painful affair considering the bitter cold bit into you at night and further up uh, you went but we made it through and continued to follow Lawrence to the next morn it was about 2:30, according to my watch when Lawrence stopped dead in his tracks about 50 feet ahead and with a jubilant expression turned to us and began shouting we are on the trail my friends look when my master and I approached where he was standing, we were both equally shocked by the outline of what appeared to be an oversized foot in the ground. Erwin looked more overjoyed, whilst I must have appeared quite horrified by what was before me. All these years, I imagined that the pictures of footsteps upon slopes of Everance had been staged, but the frightening reality of, of what was before me hit harder than I imagined. Even so... I kept my best poker face and couldn't help but grin a little at this, uh, at just how enthusiastic my master appeared. Usually, past the twinkle in his eyes, one could see a hint of boredom within them. It was gone now, and I thought that was a good thing, to be quite honest. The people who were with us just stood there, most with expressions of disbelief. One rubbed his eyes while another raised a hand to his mouth.
There was a little hesitation within the men as we pressed on, following the scattered prints in a hope to find where they led. Looks to be a snowstorm in the making, Lawrence announced, picking up his pace. We must find our Yeti before it sets in. How he knew this, I do not know, but he stomped up the snowy slopes at double time, and my master and I followed suit. There was a childish spark of adventure in me that evened out uh, with the initial shock of seeing the mark in the snow. Perhaps I am just a weird person at heart, but Irwin's pure enthusiasm was courageous. Another night went by, and the prints were beginning to grow more and more discernible. At first, the outline was very faint, but as we continued our progress up the mountain, the marks were clearer. Three huge toe-shaped extremities and a giant main section. Simply enough, uh, simple enough, but nonetheless frightening. And to think we had found our footprints within the first week. It was incredible. Perhaps we really would be the first ones to discover the Yeti after all. A couple of men had snapped some photographs of the prints we had found as my master demanded and we even had uh, we had even taken an old Polaroid along just to make sure none of the evidence would be lost. It was another day of travel and things were beginning to get much colder. The air was starting to become more thin but we pressed on. Flurries were falling from the slightly darkened sky now as we walked but we were hardly enough uh, but were hardly enough to cover up the trail of footprints that night we made camp a boy named Anoki who was a native of the region approached me in my tent with a serious expression on his youthful face why does your master wish to find the Yeti he asked mr. Irwin is a man of variety I replied in a proud manner he wishes to be the first to find the Yeti and prove it it exists Anoki just stared at me blankly for a while. I did not think that we would find the Yeti. I will be leaving tomorrow. You should do the same. And with those uh, um, ominous lines, he ducked out of my tent and left me there to ponder. The next morning, he was nowhere to be found, and a little of our supplies had gone missing. My master didn't hold it against him, bless his soul, and acted as though nothing ever happened. A few rumors flew around here and there about why Anoki had left, but soon the rest of us forgot about him and we were on our way again. Today was the day we found where the footprints led to. It was just eight in the morning when we stumbled across the gaping maw of a cave in the distance. Sure enough, the prints went right to it. We had all gathered at the entrance and stared into the murky abyss with apprehension. Even Lawrence didn't have his usual confident look on his face anymore. The atmosphere was silent and awkward for a time before I spoke up. It was something completely uncharacteristic of me, I know, but my curio curiosity about what was inside the cave had piqued my interest. I shall go in first. Everyone looked at me and nodded in a grateful way, including my master, who was also appeared a little proud. For a time, I just swung my arms and cleared my throat in preparation, looking around at the expectant stares around me as I took a step forward. I will be going in now, 
Nye restated, slowly taking a few steps forward and letting the darkness of the cane cave engulf me. Thankfully, we were equipped with heavy-duty flashlights for just such a circumstance, and as I entered, I turned mine on. The whole cave lit up in a brilliant pale as I progressed through it. There wasn't the usual dripping of water one would expect to hear within a cave, considering any water was probably frozen in these conditions. The tunnel snaked around a bit, forcing me through a section of left and right turns in a very rigid manner. While the walls were actually considerably close to each other, the ceiling almost higher than I could see upwards. The cave continued on a little further before terminating in one giant cavern ahead. The ceiling was far closer to the ground here, but for some odd reason, whitish-blue ice had crept into the walls and ceiling until it was all covered, uh, but the whole, uh, covered the whole area. It was quite strange. I thought, considering I had seen no such thing within the tunnel area. Even stranger, there was no need for my light here because the roof of the cave had a jagged hole within it and uh, that let the light in, uh, let the light of the sun cascade through the ice formations nearby. Hundreds of miniature icicles hung from the intact part of the roof, but what took my breath upwards... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, what took my breath away was the sight of a half a skeleton hanging upside down with a skull and bones of its upper body scattered uh, very sporadically on the freezing floor below. Uh, even, oh, I, I put my hand to my mouth and now it was only, it was not only the cold that sent a chill down my spine, bloody bones belonging to all kinds of various different creatures were littered all across the place but what disturbed me most was how many of them were human some were hard to distinguish because they lay in a messy piles with other bones of different creatures but the one in plain sight were enough to let me know that we had most certainly found our yeti my heart nearly stopped as my eyes slowly looked over the rest of the cave. But my immense relief, the beast must have not been home at that moment. I, could, I almost couldn't bring myself in to snap a Polaroid before I left, but I had managed to do so in the end. When I showed the image to the group outside, everyone seemed just as frightened as I had been. That included my master, who, with an unsavory look upon his face, said, Gentlemen, I believe we have what we came for. It is time to depart, and in most cert uh, and in a most timely fashion. Not one man raised a protest of any sort, and soon we began descending the slope of the great mountain once again. I suppose when he saw that picture, Irwin knew just what he was getting himself and his group into, and the risks outweighed the rewards. We, like many others, had gathered what little information we could and would not be pushing our luck. But I'm afraid that my tale doesn't end there. For as we stomped our way down the mountain at a reasonable rate, we were engulfed within a blizzard that descended upon us in what felt like a few minutes. The whole world was cloaked in a powdery white, and soon I had to struggle in order to see five feet in front of me. 
I made it a priority to stay by my master all the way, who plodded onwards with his gloves batting in the air ahead in, att in an attempt to aid his vision. Well, Lawrence did warn us, did warn us I shouted, trying to stay as positive as possible. Indeed he did, but not of, ha uh, of how fast it would happen, came the reply, and to be honest, it couldn't refute this. I couldn't refute this. It had been about an hour of insistent walking, and I was sure we must have lost some men by this point. I could see none of the nearby surroundings, only an endless amount of snow and a barren wasteland beneath my feet, which I was beginning to have trouble feeling, just as I thought things could not possibly get worse. Through the unbearable howling, howling of the wind, a terrible uh, cacophony uh, of roars filled the air. The noise was so loud that the ground underneath our feet shook as if it was about to give way. And I found myself falling face first into the snow. The frozen liquid stung my already chilled flesh. But I rose back to my feet in order to join my master once again. The scream sounded unearthly. It was hard to describe, but I would be likened to it. Uh, I would be, but I would liken it to the sound of a thousand lions roaring at once mixed with the cries of a hundred children. It was terrifying to say the least. And despite the weather, my master and I began running faster than ever. We became fueled by adrenaline as something from behind us slowly began growing more and more noticeable. It was rhythmic rumble that shook the ground like the roar, but to a lesser extent. But it sounded suspicious, frightening in a primitive way, as if a man had grown three stories tall and was sprinting toward us. From what little I can recall of this, my theory must not have been far off because we heard a horrible scream from behind that momentarily pierced the veil of wind before fading into the frozen oblivion for good. With pure fear to spur us on, we began almost stumbling down the mountain. That thing must not have been far behind. But the reason I believe we are still alive today is because our team brought the two of us time. After that, after what I felt like hours, after what felt like hours, sorry, uh, the storm was beginning to let up. Enough for me to see the figure of Lawrence Fisher lagging slightly behind us and occasionally glancing back into the storm in fear. The only memory I have of the beast itself is the massive, hairy arm that momentarily reached out from the cloak of snow to grab the entirety of his torso and drag him, screaming at the top of his lungs for help, into the ocean of murky white. Erwin, I, Erwin and I didn't stop running until we were far away from the storm. And even then, we were sure to behave as if paranoid. All the provisions we had for the way back were some bags of chips and bottles of soda we kept in our coats, but after three days of no sleep and exhausting travel, we managed to stumble down off that godforsaken mountain and back to the closest thing to civilization that was nearby. Besides my master and I, only one man made it off that mountain alive, and it was the boy Enoki, 
who we actually ended up meeting on the way down. He had been traveling at a much slower pace, you see, and was more than happy to share the food he had taken with us. Water wasn't exactly much of a problem, though, as you may imagine. The three of us made our way back to the village. After we exchanged our horrifying tale, and after thanking the boy, we booked a flight back to Turkey. I am currently recording our story in this country, and make of it what you will, but please, if you value your life at all, do not visit Mount Everest. Something lurks there amongst its frozen slopes, waiting and hunting its prey. Something that is truly horrifying. And that's the end. Wow. Um, Was that a good story? Yes, that is one hell of a good story. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually like muted my mic through the story because I found found I was catching myself so many times like wanting to say something. You were trying... Oh, I see, I see what so you're I saying. I was holding back because each time I was getting ready to say something, you'd say something else. Yeah. Like, that just like... I was doing like a dramatic pause. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, the dramatic pause was amazing. Wow. Yeah. That, that story had like so much going on with it that... Holy shit. Listen to the little Anoki boy. Right? Like, I'm booking it, dude. Like, you're a native to this land. Like, you know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm going to listen. Yeah, they should have listened to him. Yeah, just... I think the the part that that was cool to me, honestly, was uh, when all they saw was the hairy arm just grab his fucking torso and drag his ass back. Right? Holy cow. And then all the human skeletons and stuff hanging. It was a massacre. Like, wow. Well, I, I, Jesus. Yeah, don't uh, don't go hunting <laughs> for the uh, Yeti. At least, yeah, not for the Yeti. He sounds like he's definitely a lot more angry. He's an angry boy. I mean, I guess if I was that fucking cold, I'd be angry all the time, too. You gotta imagine the body mass that he has in the fur. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? He, he'd have to, just to stay warm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was or, thinking. You know, whatever his body temperature needs to be. And even though he might be man-like, I mean, you got to think of, like, the altitude that's going on up there, too. Like, his lungs have, like, a better capacity than human. Oh, yeah, for him to be able to move like that and everything. Do and you just think if you took him from up there and brought him down here to sea level, like, how much more power he would have yeah no shit like he'd be able to run forever yeah he'd getting tired because beat the fuck out of everybody oh fuck yeah jesus yeah that story that story a good one yeah holy shit that was pretty good that was i hope you uh hope you listeners out there enjoyed that one too um so i have uh i have another one for you okay okay yeah so yeah yeah this is uh this is the last one. It's a it's a shorter one, but it's uh still a pretty creepy story. That does not look short. He's he's hold for those of you who can't who aren't seeing any of this. He's I'm holding, holding up, up the paper. like yeah. six pages. No, I'm holding up and three. He says it's short. Those are those are three pages. Three double sided. It's not double sided. 
Don't listen to him. You're tripping the fuck out. It's one. It's. it's don't listen to him, it's, folks. It's, it's just you can only hear me now. He is holding up like twelve pages now. <laughs> All right, just you, mess with you, man. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Go ahead. I was only gonna say that it's like three quarters of one page, and then. Or I, I'm messing with you. I don't care. Whatever. Anyway, I'm let's let's get going. Stories. <laughs> okay. So this one didn't have a name at all. This was just a experience that someone uh, put put into. I guess um, from what I was reading on it, they didn't use their real names. Okay. So okay. so they didn't want to. The. Yeah. Do you want to be known for this? No. Because. There's a lot of people out there that think that people believe in Bigfoot are crazy. And yeah, and I was going to say, like, I, and I don't know how much truth is to this story. Okay. Um, anyway, so let's get let's get into it. It has been two weeks since Billy and his friends, Amy and Jack, have been hiking in Himalayan mountains. On the seventh day, Billy and Amy saw a giant white figure walking in the snow. But when they ran towards it, the strange figure disappeared. The only clues it left behind were giant footprints imprinted in the snow. So Billy and Amy wanted to stay and find out or find who the mysterious figure was, but Jack didn't believe them, so he wanted to go home. Smart. But he didn't want to be abandoned by his friends. Jack finally made a decision and stayed with his friends. On the twelfth day of the hike, Jack went missing. But Billy and Amy couldn't find Jack anywhere. So then Billy suggested that they both hike down to the village nearby to find out if there were any rumors about what they saw. The first place they checked to find any information was the bar in the village. They asked everybody, but one man in the back corner told Billy there have been Yeti sightings at the top of the mountains. The first crazy idea that popped into Billy's head was to hike all the way to the top of the mountain. Amy argued, but they both knew they had to find Jack. It was 4 a.m. the next morning, and they got all the supplies they needed ready for the big hike. So they then started their hike. But the hike didn't take as long as they thought because halfway to the top, Billy heard a scream. Amy and Billy wandered around for a few hours, but found nothing until they heard a roar from the di- from the distance and saw the giant white figure again. This time, Billy sprinted as hard as he could while Amy tried to keep up behind him. After a minute, they caught up, but just missed it because it walked into the into a cave. While standing at the front of the cave, they both heard roars and screams, but then they heard a laugh. Billy and Amy were confused for a second, but then the mysterious figure walked out. As it walked out, you could hear its footsteps shaking the ground. So Billy and Amy got the pocket knives got the pocket knives out uh, to get ready for what was coming. When the figure stepped out, their faces were pale white. It looked like they had seen a ghost, but they saw a yeti. Billy and Amy both screamed, but some strange reason. Billy screamed like a girl, and Amy, uh, Billy and Amy ran in circles while being chased by the Yeti. Every time they looked behind to see if they had lost 
lost it yet they could see the yeti's great big yellow eyes its huge mouth and the yellow and black teeth that were so huge that it could bite a person in half suddenly billy and amy heard jack's voice yell stop jack came out limping and explained everything jack was going to do a number one but then he slipped on ice and sprained his foot he told them that the yeti who he named big which stands for Big Icy Gorilla, saved him and brought him into this cave. B.I.G. put ice on it for him and danced for Jack to make him laugh. Billy and Amy understood, and Billy, and Billy, Amy, and Jack decided to come here every month to check on B.I.G. to see how he is going. They all then swore never to tell anyone about B.I.G., the Yeti, besides their children until the day they die. Um, it was, so, um, here we go. It was midnight, May 1951, when the, uh, and uh, that was the end of that little story. I was, I was, I was kind oh, of like was, a, that was the end like a little, okay, little, okay. little light and lighter jokey kind of story. That was all. a good one. Yeah. I liked it. Um, and then I have... I have something that was very interesting to me that I found online, and this is this is short, but okay, it, it's extremely interesting. <clears throat> so here it goes, and this was all documented. There were pictures, but I couldn't actually download them. Okay. But it was really cool to see the documentation of it. Um, this is real. It was midnight in May 1951 when the internationally known climber and esteemed adventure club of Europe member Richard Ste Steinwinkler reached a remote high plateau in the Himalayas. His expedition, the ascent of the 8,000 Kula Congri, without flames, oxygen, and accompaniment, I was looking for a suitable place to rest as I suddenly saw in the corner of my eye a large figure disappearing behind an overhang. As Steinwinkler describes the moment that stopped him, indistinctively, I thought immediately, the Yeti. At this time, I had certainly already traveled the high Asia, uh, the Asian area 10 or 15 times, and it, in none of my visits I was able to get any credible evidence for the fact that the snowman actually exists. To be honest, I thought the idea of a Yeti was a made-up fantasy, and yet, in that moment, I knew I would not come to rest here. So I moved quietly and carefully to the overhang, behind which I had noticed the creature. Steinwinkler, who had been nominated the Climber of Europe the previous year, describes the moments after he had run around the overhang as initially so sobering. Far and wide, nothing was to see, and slowly my pulse went down again. And if in front of me a huge footprint in clay would not have appeared, I would have thought everything was just imagination. After taking a photograph of the footprint, Steinwinkler followed the footprints of the creature for hours before he came to a slope and looked up to another plateau. And then I saw him, about 50 meters away, about 4 meters tall. He ran around on two legs and was difficult to identify as long as he was moving. When standing still, his silhouette was merging with the piled up stones on his left and right. My only thought was, I hope he doesn't notice me. All the curiosity, all the euphoria was suddenly gone. There was only revel 
a reverent fear. With shaky fingers, I reached for my camera and took several photographs. Then I crept slowly back. This was my first and last encounter with the Yeti. His discovery brought much uh, ridicule to the recognized mountaineer in the following years, and the authenticity of his photographs was always doubted. Richard Steinwinkler does not understand this to this day. Uh, I know that the Yeti exists, but I am not saying that it is the mythical creature that people have been talking about for thousands of years. Perhaps it is a completely unknown animal species, something ape-like or like I consider it native to think that we uh, naive to think that we humans have already discovered everything that is out there four years later on August 8 1955 another chapter of the Yeti story was written from a Nepal friend who wants to remain unknown Richard Steinwinkler received an amazing gift on one of his journeys the supposed scalp of the Yetis salvaged from an abandoned monastery in Tibet I was skeptical at first whether I should accept this gift. Either the scalp was fake and I published a scam or the scalp was real and belonged to an animal. Maybe the Yeti. That might have been chased and killed. The idea that the Yeti could end up on the shooting list of poachers frightened me. Nevertheless, I decided to take the scalp and make it available to the Adventure Club of Europe. To this day, the supposed scalp of the Yetis can be admired in the Aces Clubhouse. In 1999, a DNA analysis of the hair resulted in the fact that the scalp cannot be assigned to any known animal species. And that was it. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Sorry, there was a lot going on. But, yeah, so you can, uh, the Adventures Club, you can actually go check that out. Um, Where is it? It's in. Uh, oh, hold on. I gotta. I gotta look again. It's in the Aces Clubhouse. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't say where. Uh, I, I'm gonna guess in Europe. The Aces Clubhouse. You can actually go check it out. It's oh, a. It's okay. a uh, attraction that they have, hmm. and supposedly it's real. I don't know. I, they didn't have a picture of it. I would have liked to see that. But maybe you can look it up and check it out. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Man. But wow. Yeah. See, the reason why I did the three, uh, the little short story mm-hmm. and that last little tidbit was because there wasn't a whole lot on the Yeti. Right. Yeah, there's not as much out there on the Yeti as there is Bigfoot. Yeah. Um,. Except for I, I have something that you don't. Oh, I'm excited to hear what it is. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna fumble through my papers here really quick. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. You're not even gonna. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited it, now. Cool. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait for you to hear it. And so. With that, um, I think we're ready to go into uh, maybe a short little... Sponsor break, maybe? Sponsor break. You want to do like some ASMR right now? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I don't know. Little nighttime AM radio. AM radio, coming back to you live. 
All right. Take it away, our sponsor. Take it away, Anchor. Thank you, guys. And we're back, everybody. Yeah, that was a good sponsor break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Refill our go-go juice. And And, uh, uh, undo our little little bladders there. (laughs) I had to pee. (laughs) It was so bad. Yeah, the uh, black-eyed kids were watching you because you couldn't even make it to the bathroom. You were just out there willy-nilly-like. Hey, your neighbors waved. (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure they did wave. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll tell you if I if I, if I get a court case. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will out of that one. Yeah. So, are you excited? I'm pretty excited to hear what you got are, about the are, Yeti. Are you really really excited? I'm super excited. All right. You all comfy, cozy over there? Oh got yeah. Your little. Well, werewolf statue there to protect you, keep you all safe and shit. Yeah, I got my little werewolf statue, and uh, I got my Jason Voorhees mask over there. I here. was just going to say, what do, you, what do you what do you got over there? Looks like a little, little mask there. Yeah, it's so I got a, uh, I should have said this in the beginning. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> um, it's funny because we were talking about it, but I, I got a uh, hockey mask um, for Christmas. And you it play was a, hockey? No, I don't play hockey. But uh, so. it was a special hockey mask um, that I got from a couple of my friends that are pretty pretty badass because it's signed by the one and only Kane Hodder. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's, got that's badass. Yeah, it's got like a picture of him signing it and everything. It's 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 pretty cool. That's awesome. It's a good-looking thing. I've I'm going to wear guy, it and watch you sleep. a couple times. What? I've met the guy a couple times. Yeah, so have once, I. He's a, once or twice. He's a pretty cool dude. Yeah, yeah. We we hung out with him once, like, all day that day. Remember that? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, and you, he definitely didn't seem like he was getting tired of us. No, nah, I think he likes the attention. We asked him <laughs> a bunch of stupid question <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he choked your daughter though it's kind of funny and me and, and me. you yeah in, in the picture yeah and we we gotta put your uh back tech too on the facebook page oh you mean the one that he signed and that you got tattooed yeah i have his signature tattooed on my back right along with robert england and R.A., who played Weatherface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you got a, you got a few sin- signatures back there, don't you, little buddy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it wasn't just... for COVID, I'd have a couple more. Yeah, American Werewolf in London. David Naughton. David Naughton. Dude, I've been yeah. wanting to meet him for a while. Me too. I was so excited that he was coming to Crypticon in Seattle. And then COVID. Yeah, COVID happened, and then it just went to shit because they canceled all the tickets. They, um, they but they refunded well, well they, it. They moved it to later in the year, and then when COVID was still a thing, it got canceled to this year, and they said that they were going to honor the tickets from last year. Yeah. So. Oh, that'll be nice, though. 
I yeah, know, so but, I already got my tickets. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I hope to God that he comes this year, though. They said a lot of them from that were supposed to come in 2020 had signed to come back. Good, good. So I didn't see the names of all, but I'm hoping. Yeah, dude, because he is probably up there with one of my favorite actors. Like he's yeah, he's a good one for sure. And Definitely. I don't know. I've 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 read online a, a few things about him being like a super nice guy. You know, most of the horror actors are like all. I, there really hasn't been one that I've met from all the conventions that is an asshole. Like, really. Oh, really? Um, there's one that I had kind of a... Uh, Come on, name drop. Name I, drop I'm, it. I'm not, no, no. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to name drop. But it, it was not the most pleasant experience, which is weird because the first time... So that was the second time I met the guy. The first time I met him was at Crypticon in Seattle, super nice and everything that time. Yeah. Well, then I met him a second time at Mad Monster Party in Arizona, and he was not as nice. See? Sad, sad, sad. That is sad. But you know who was really cool that we met there was Author Mike. Author Mike, and for the people that don't know who that is, do you wish to uh, elaborate? Yeah, Author Mike did help do the, I don't know if you'd call it an autobiography, but the biography of Kane Hodder's story. Oh, okay. Of how he came right. to be a stuntman and everything he's went through and... Yeah, dude caught on fire, literally. He was bullied as a kid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And Look at him now. He's a big motherfucker. He's a Jesus. big dude. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, author Mike, really cool. We're Facebook friends and all. Are you Are you really? Yeah. See, maybe, maybe we should get him on this and, podcast. And, ooh, that would be really cool. He has a book. Well, he has several books. But one in particular that I really love is called Mr. Blue Stick. Mr. Blue Stick? Yes. What is that? It's about this little girl and her parents move into a new neighborhood. And she starts playing out in the forest and meets this Mr. Blue Stick. Everybody thinks thinks he's just her imaginary friend and he turns out to be real. Oh shit. Um I don't want to give too much away. Was it a person or a cryptid? That's the only question I um, have. Um I would lean towards possible cryptid. Possible alien. Possible alien, he, but he thinks he's from another planet. Okay. And um, it's really cool because the way it was ended, there's still that possibility of unknown. Huh. But he, everybody thinks Mr. Blue Stick is the bad guy, and he's actually the good guy. Really? Yeah. 
the little girl gets kidnapped and by a pedophile. Like, man. And Mr. Blue Stick saves her. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's some scary shit. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, I recommend it to anybody who loves to read or just loves horror in general. That sounds more like a thriller, to be honest. In, in, yeah, in yeah, itself. I, I, could, I could see that. Um, I actually was talking to author Mike after I read the book. Uh-huh. I was like, this is a phenomenal book. I loved it from beginning to end. The twists, the turns. It would make a phenomenal movie. That sounds like it. And he said, I agree. I would love to make this a movie. And I said, you know, I have a few actors in mind who I think <laughs> would fit some key roles. <laughs> One of them being uh, Kane Hodder as Mr. Blue Stick. Um, and then I was thinking, God, his name just escaped out of my head. Um, uh, what's he play? He's, he's the amphibian guy in, uh, Hellboy. Ape Sapien. Oh, shit. That guy. Okay, I know who you're talking about at least. Okay. I can't remember his name for the wife of me off the top of my head. Normally, I'm pretty good about that, but... Well, shit. Um, it, but him? But he he could play one of the characters, and... Yeah, it was, it was a really cool conversation with the guy. Are you saying he could play the pedophile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that really it? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was just... Uh, that was me just making a joke. Well, just because in the book, the way they described the pedophile guy, um, the actor plays Abe Sapien... Uh, God, this is going to kill me. I've got to look <laughs> this up. Um, they have kind of the same body type. Like how it's described? Yeah, how it's described in the book matches up with this guy. Oh, cool. Um, See, that would be really interesting to go and check out. Well, shit. If we uh, we get your little author buddy on the on, on the show, that would be really, that'd be really neat. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Yes. All right. He's done a lot of roles. Um, Over the years. He was in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, shit. Star Trek. Who do you play in Star Trek? Uh, Saru. I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know. It looks like it's the TV show, so I don't know. Uh, I don't mind. follow Star Trek anyways, so. Yeah, Star Wars is better. Prove me I wrong. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just been in a lot of stuff. Really good actor. Um, the Shape of Water, where he played yet another and. Fibian guy. <laughs> that fucks a human. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> he played the creature from the Black Lagoon but fucks a, fucks a human. Pretty much. Yeah. And he was in The Bye Bye Man. Uh, he was in Hot Solo. He was in Ouija, The Origin of Evil, The Strain. I mean, all around really good actor. Anyways. I yeah. know this kind of got us way off topic where we were but 
Um, where I, I I'm lost of where we were at. Shit. I don't know. We just been kind of off on a little tangent about uh, conventions. Oh yeah, that that's where it got us started because of the tattoo on your back. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But we'll save the rest of the convention talk for an episode later. Later on episode. There we go. I like it. Future yeah. future content. Little teaser. Yeah, and I just looked while we were on our little break. We're at 71 people listening. Any messages, though? No. <laughs> it jumped up. Like, I looked earlier today and it was at 61, so we gained 10 people within 8 hours. Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> so that's that's, that's actually awesome. really interesting. That's awesome. I'm yeah. loving that. Um, are you ready? I am ready. Hit okay. me with them facts. <clears throat> Since 1941, there have been 532 reported Bigfoot encounters in Washington. And speaking of those things, watching you from the woods nearby, this collection wouldn't be complete without a story about Bigfoot. Washington State has the highest number of Bigfoot sightings in all 50 states. Don't believe in Bigfoot, a.k.a. Sasquatch. Steve Mojo Wilkins, co-founder of the Washington Sasquatch Research Team, challenge you to consider otherwise. Since 1941, there have been 532 reported Bigfoot encounters in Washington. Even if 90% of those are made up or misidentified stories, that still leaves 10% as credible. Wilkins also makes a point to note that the sightings are incredibly underreported and many people have seen or heard one and not bothered to give the stats. According to Wilkins, Bigfoot or Sasquatch is a species like any other animal that roams the forest. There are an estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 of these creatures living in the forests of Washington, hunting meals, eating fish, raising young, and living amongst us as we roam the hillsides. He points out that the Native American lore is filled with stories of the hairy men stealing fish from their nets and warding with tribal members. These run-ins, he explains, are the reasons they avoid humans. But why have they never been found a dead one? Asks a skeptical. Have you ever seen a dead bear in the woods? If you were dying in the woods, would you go lie on a trail where you would s or would you seek out a quiet hiding place? Good point. So uh, how would I find a Bigfoot, you ask? You don't find them. They find you. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, so. This story is at the side of the road. Something stood there looking at him. <clears throat> If those stories aren't enough to give you the chills, consider the unexplainable things that are reported on a daily basis across America, such as UFO sightings and alien encounters. One such experience happened to none other than the former editor of this very magazine. It was late in the evening when Eli Braschetto and his wife Mitzi pulled into a campground in Northern California's Redwoods. 
The forest seemed to enjoy a sinister game as a chilly coastal fog mixed with campfire smoke swirled through the trees, casting its strange shadows in the canopy and undergrowth. Tired, they found a spot, set up camp under the lights of their car's headlamps in the distance. Muffled voices and laughters from unseen campers wafted through the filtered darkness. Focus on getting an early start the next morning, they opted to skip a campfire and went about bedtime routines. Conveniently, the restrooms were only about 100 yards down the road, a short walk for washing up before retiring. With bag in hand, Eli set off down the black pavement, his headlamps light reflecting off the drifting smoke and fog. Suddenly, a movement caught his eye. At the end of the road, something stood there, looking at him. Through the haze and darkness, he tried to discern what the creature was before him. It stood about two feet in height, completely gray, with a large round head and curious eyes. Must be a raccoon, he thought. But no, there was no mask and no fur and no tail. The creature cocked its head. Looking back, Eli took tentative step closer to get a better look. The creature withdrew slightly, peering curiously back. What was this thing? Time seemed to, salt, to halt, and the two stared at one another. Remembering his headlamp, Eli reached up to set the light brighter. The movement startled the creature, and Eli particularly noticed that the creature walked off on two legs, dissolving into the misty, shadowy darkness. Every hair on his arm and neck was electrified, and chills ran down his spine. What had he just seen? He scanned the underbrush with his headlamp, seeking to comprehend what he had just witnessed, but the small, gray, upright creature with no fur and no tail was nowhere to be seen. Had he just seen an alien? It was a sleepless night, as every creak and crack in their pitch-black tent seemed to alert him to the possible presence of interstellar beings watching from the nearby woods. Oh, shit. So I know this ended about aliens, but there's a reason for that. Do tell. Well, it is suspected that Bigfoot is an alien. Like, that's one of the theories out there. And that's why a lot of the times it correlates his sightings with UFO sightings. Oh, so kind of like where you would see UFOs in the vicinal area, you'd also see Bigfoot and hear reports of same area sightings. Correct. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yes, yes. And so that's why that story was relevant. That's really interesting. I actually, I've never heard of, uh, never, never heard of the alien theory, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, Bigfoot's one of my favorites, yeah. favorite cryptids. And as a youngster, I did a lot of research on Bigfoot. I read a lot of books on him. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm still convinced it's uh, it's it's our one theory that we had, um, who I can't take full credit for because it was uh, it was also Nick's theory too, the Ware Squatch, shapeshifter. Yep, it's a yep. shapeshifter, and that's why you can't find bones. That's why you can't find anything, yep. because when he dies, 
he shifts, shifts back to human back into human form. Yep. Yep. I can I, see that. I think I think that's my leading theory I'm gonna run with as well. I really like that. Um Yeah. We actually told Dan Cummins about that and he was like, I've never thought about it like that before. <laughs> I think it's pretty that, funny. That's good. Um but yeah, that's that's why we did that that one. So nice. Now we're going to travel to Louisiana. Dun dun dun. We're gonna go to the Honey Island Swamp Monster. It's a humanoid cryptid that is reported to have been seen in and around Honey Honey Island Swamp, Louisiana, since 1963. It was first reported in 1963 when two hunters spotted the creature prowling the swamps. Its tracks indicated three-toed webbed feet. Ah, sorry, I got. It. Damn. That's that's totally different, but I could, uh, I I could see it when I was looking up your pictures. I I saw some like three toed thing and I was like that's not a Bigfoot. <laughs> like that's the first thing that yeah. thought in my head. It is even possible that a Bigfoot involved evolved webbed feet to better suit its swamp environment. Some even believe it's an experiment gone awry. The creature was also featured in an episode of Lost Tapes where it attacked a hunter who ultimately survived the attack. It is also featured in cryptids. The Swamp Beast. Now we're going to talk about some sightings. The monster was first sighted in 1963 when Harlan Ford and his friend Billy Mills were searching for an abandoned cabin spotted by Ford in a plane deep in the Honey Island Swamp. The friends reached the clearing where they spotted the creature who kept eye contact on them only for a moment before escaping into the underbrush, describing the creature force said the following. It was nothing like I'd ever seen before. Ugly and sinister and looking like something out of a horror movie. In 1974, Ford and Mills returned to the same area on a duck hunting trip. The two found several dead boars with their throats torn out along the way. Realizing the boars were too far from the water to have been killed by alligators, they began to suspect the monster they encountered nine years prior was involved. This suspicion was confirmed when they noticed footprints three-toed and webbed around one of the boars. Rather than have a second run with the swamp monster, Ford and Mills retreated from Honey Island Swamp at a fast pace. Later that night, the friends returned to make a cast of the footprints. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Do you ever think it was just a big fucking duck? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, just giant, that... the biggest duck they've Jesus. ever seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I got a description. Ooh. Standing over seven and a half feet tall and weighing between 400 and 500 pounds, the Honey Island Swamp Monster, also known as the Louisiana Wookiee, is said to be covered in a thick coat of matted gray or brown hair and swamp weed. Its yellow eyes are seemingly reptilian, and the smell it emits has been called the stench of 
death. This primitive creature has long been blamed for the deaths of livestock and the mysterious disappearances of children in adjacent areas. Popular lore in the region is that the Honey Island Swamp Monster might be the horrifying product of a union between a chimpanzee and an alligator. And in the darkly primordial swamplands that must look much the same now as they did thousands of years ago, the existence of almost any creature seems possible, no matter how ominous. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a... That's a mm-hmm. I could see a chimpanzee getting involved with an alligator. <laughs> right. I, I could see it. Chimpanzee just bends over and the alligator gets up there. and I was thinking the goes. other way around because the chimp is more uh, agile in that mm. aspect. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I can All see right. it. <laughs> All right. Well, the Honey Island Swamp Monster is allegedly to have a foul stench as other cryptids, specifically... In the hairy humanoids category, Bigfoot, Skunk Ape, Missouri Monster, etc. Possibly due to the marsh's natural smell. Yes, yeah, stinky. So, <laughs> so the the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That's a unique creature. Uh, unique is in it needs a bath. Yeah, and some deodorant and maybe some cologne. Some fucking Axe body spray right there. That's their next advertisement. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, All right. Well, you want to talk Yeti? I want. uh, Yeah, I've been waiting to hear about this fact that you got about my uh, my monster. I did. All right. Well, the legend of the Yeti. You may have seen them in storybooks or video games on Scooby Doo or Monsters Inc. And even if you've never traveled outside the U.S., you know him, the Yeti. You might call him the Abominable Snowman. And we'll actually talk about that name and why that's a pretty big deal in the history of the Yeti lore. Sure, you could picture him, a hulking, white-furred creature capable of breaking a man in half, then probably eating him afterwards. But you'd be surprised to find out that's a fairly recent addition to the story. Do tell. The Yeti is actually one in a family of creatures. They're the eight men. And Americans have one that lives much closer to home. He's called Bigfoot or Sasquatch. But the idea is basically the same. The Yeti is a reclusive, mysterious, and intelligent, and he lives in remote areas throughout the Himalayas. That's a good thing, according to the BBC. One of the traditional tales told by Sherpas is that as the sun rises, the Yeti will grow bigger and stronger. And anybody who's unlucky enough to see him, that person will get weaker and lose consciousness. It's unclear what happens to them after that. And honestly, that's probably for the best. Oh, shit. Let's talk about the Yeti and the creature behind the mystery. Mystery. Even in Western culture, tales of the Yeti are widespread. It seems like he's been part of Western lore forever. But he's fairly new addition. According to Daniel Capper, Ph.D., at the University of Southern Mississippi, 
The first mention of the Yeti in the English-speaking word came from Brian Hodgson. Hodgson was a representative of the British living at Kathmandu's royal courts between 1820 and 1843 with Nepalese assistants who told him the first stories of the Yeti. Back then, he was described as a wild man who moved erectly, was covered with long, dark hair, and had no tail. It wasn't until 1889 that a major Lawrence A. Waddell reported finding the wild man's footprints, and then sometime around 1904, there was the first sighting. William Hugh Knight, a British soldier stationed near the Indian city of Gangtok, said that he saw the creature who he added fortunately didn't see him. He described it in 1921, telling the Times, He was a little under six feet, almost stark naked in that bitter cold. He was a kind of pale yellow all over. A shock of matted hair on his head, little hair on his face, highly splayed feet, and large formidable hands. His muscular development in his arms, thighs, legs, back, and chest were terrific. There's something incredibly enduring about the idea of an ape man. Do some digging and it turns out that every continent has their own version of him. Except of course, Antarctica. Wow. Yeah. Erectly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I was waiting to say that. <laughs> um that's pretty that's pretty cool. I would feel like he'd be in Antarctica if he's in the fucking high altitude of the Himalayas. Like maybe maybe there is a yeti out there and it's just too fucking cold that we're just like, nah. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> um in Australia, says National Geographic, he's called the Yowie. He's the Yaren in China, the Pharrell's Moor in Scotland. In Sumatra, he's known as the Orange Pendic. In Russia, their mysterious Yeti-like creature is called Almasty. And in the 1870s, local landowners in the remote part of the region of Russia claimed that they had caught one. They named her Zanna and kept her captive for years, during which time she was described as a very big, strong, her whole body covered in hair. Zanna gave birth to four children during her captivity, and some of her descendants are still alive today. In 2013, University of Oxford professor of human genetics, human genetics, Brian Sykes tested samples of her living descendants' DNA, along with the DNA taken from the tooth of her son. Contrary to claims that she was a Neanderthal or an Almasty, he found that she seems to have been 100% sub. Saren African exclaiming examining the skull of her son he found there were some ancient characteristics like an elevated brow ridge suggesting she was perhaps a remnant of an earlier human migration out of Africa and not in Almisty 
So it's an earlier human from Africa and not a mythical being. Is what science is saying, yes. Okay, but, like, my question is, is that doesn't explain the height and fucking retarded strength. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't and, get that. And the one thing I was that they, they left out that kind of has me guessing a little bit here is it says that she gave birth to like four kids while in captivity okay um takes two to tango yeah who's <laughs> fucking her <laughs> i'm gonna insert my seed <laughs> you know what i'm saying no i get what you're saying i'm so, picking up so some russian guy was like i'm a fuck a yeti yeah, he, he just like, got come he, on. He just got his vodka. He's got his vodka. <laughs> and he, I'm gonna go fuck that Yeti. <laughs> so like for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Jesus. That, was, that was probably extremely <laughs> bad. Too far. Yeah, at least we don't have any Russian viewers so far. Nobody from Russia. No. <laughs> um Oh, that's fucking weird, though. Are there pictures? <laughs> no, that's awful. That's yeah. Awful. <laughs> no, no, there's no pictures. No documentary. Of course, he wasn't no. going to make the porno of him fucking Yeti. <laughs> right. No Polaroid going on. Yeah. Um, Tibetan beliefs tell of Yetis who have participated in Buddhist rituals. Go back to the older Tibetan tales of the Yeti and you'll find something incredible. They were invaluable participants in the Buddhist faith. According to Professor Daniel Kapper, stories include ones like that told by Lama Sangwa, a 17th century Sherpa religious, really, religious leader. He wrote that as a young man and he decided he wanted to be found... Wanted to find. He. You got a typo. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted to find. He wanted to find monasteries through the region, seeking guidance. He retreated to a cave and became, and began to meditate. It's typical for people to provide meditating religious men with food and water, but Sangwa. Sangwa's career was. Carrier was a yeti. Not only did the Yeti bring him food, water, and fuel for his fire, but he also started learning the ways of Buddha and became a disciple. When the Yeti died, Sangwa kept his scalp and a hand, moving the sacred relics to a place of honor in the monastery of Gompa. His story isn't the only one of devout Yetis. It is believed that in the middle of the night when all humans are gone and sleeping, Yetis would care for a temple devoted to Pandan Lamo, a protection deity. They would steal in under the cover of darkness, clean and refill offering bowls, make sure the lamps were full, and disappear before the sun rose and people returned. Oh, wow. You know... That kind of goes back to my last little tidbit story of the guy. At the end of it, his friend, who was unnamed, sent him a scalp. Interesting, from, huh? F- 
from the mon- from a I think he said a monastery. Mm-hmm. Isn't that maybe fucking weird? Maybe they're the same. Yeah, so maybe he just got fucking name dropped. You've been fucking owned. <laughs> so this next one is the one that I thought you would find the most interesting. I think the most interesting thing is Russia going, Mother Russia! <laughs> fuck this Yeti! <laughs> I keep on thinking about how that's going. That's awful. That's awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just going through my head. Uh, get ready for the OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, alright. It's gonna be our inside <clears throat> joke now. <laughs> Are you ready for this one? I'm ready, Freddy. The Nazis once went Yeti hunting. The who? Nazis. The Nazis? Yeah, they were some crazy motherfuckers. In the early 1930s, a young zoologist named Ernest Schaefer was living the high life as what... I can't pronounce that word. Described as the Indiana Jones of zoology. Recorded by both the U.S. and Germany for his scientific and hunting know-how in what he later called his biggest mistake. He chose poorly. He was summoned back to Germany in 1936 and threw in with Henrik Himmler. Himmler brought him into contact with the society who believed in a Nordic-Atlantic original creature that had been destroyed when a moon collided with the Earth. They also believed that the remnants of this race survived in the Himalayas and soon mounted and funded an expedition to, at least in part, find remnants of the race. For his part, Schaefer was more interested in the zoological knowledge that was still largely hidden in Tibet. And here's where we get into Yeti territory. The expedition returned to Germany with thousands of dead birds, eggs, pelts, insects, and artifacts, along with, says the Guardian, a taxidermy bear that was believed, but only by some, to be proof of a Yeti. Did the Nazis really believe it was? No, says Texas A&M University's George M. Gonzalez. Schaefer spent a good bit arguing that it wasn't a Yeti at all, but a Tibetan bear. There's no word on how bummed Hitler was. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to think about it like this. Why would the fuck would the Nazis be saying, like, We found the Yeti! We found the Yeti! Nein, it's ours! Now go to Russia so we can fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. no. I'm just saying, man. Like, why would they, if they really found a Yeti, why would they turn around and tell everybody? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd keep that shit for myself. It'd be one of your most prized possessions. Right? So, I have one more. Sweet. This story's called Whoa, There's a Bigfoot in My Freezer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that like a snake in my pants? <laughs> There's a Bigfoot in my freezer? Is that, is that a euphemism for women? Jesus. 
In 2008, according to CNN, two hikers named Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten announced that they had found the dead body of a nearly eight-foot, half-ape, half-human in the Georgia wilderness. They brought the carcass home, stuffed it in a freezer, and shared photos online, hoping to make money from the marketing and promotion rights. The deception was short-lived. Testing soon proved that the carcass was just a rubber costume. And the duo publicly apologized. However, Rick Dyer's Bigfoot fakery days were far from over. According to the Huffington Post, the Georgia man hit Bigfoot headlines again in 2012 when he claimed to have killed Bigfoot in Texas, whom he then named Hank. Dyer also claimed that the tests run by a university had proven that the corpse belonged to a previously unknown species. Dyer wanted to take the dead Bigfoot on a national tour and charge admission for anyone who wanted to see Hank. Come on. What is 1800s? Not surprising. Wait, Dyer's efforts flopped again. In 2014, Dyer's second phony Bigfoot was outed to the public and he re-apologized. Only time will tell if Dyer attempts the same stunt again in a few years. So this dude was uh, just going around with this stuffed fucking costume. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you, I, I remember that. I remember I, seeing the pictures and everything, and I remember going, yeah, that, that, looks, that I, looks fake. I'm not going to say I remember it. I vaguely remember hearing about someone claiming they killed Bigfoot. I did no more detail than that. To be fair, I that okay. that's all I okay. knew. Can you just imagine the? Just hear me out. Just dude going on the show, showing Hank around, and then he's just going around all of America, and you know, there goes the international airport just coming in, and guess who's there? It's Mother Russia. Fucking. <laughs> 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 I couldn't help myself that time. I couldn't help that one. Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's going to be yeah. my new thing. Well, and so, yeah, the pictures kind of looked fake when they showed them and stuff. But it kind of makes you wonder, though, what if it wasn't fake? But the government, like, issued out fake pictures and fake reports to cover it up honestly that would uh that'd make a lot of sense I, i'm not saying that our you know good old red white and blue um out there fucking tell the truth alien and, hiders huh alien hiders yeah no shit um i i could see that being a big cover-up because like it goes back to the nazi thing why would you share that with the public yeah it's exactly. kind of like uh, think about it like this. Uh, here's a, here's a good example. Like, let's say hypothetically, like magic is real, right? Just hear me right. out for a second. Harry and, Potter and shit. No, well, I wasn't thinking Harry Potter, but I'm thinking like, uh, like I don't know, just like magic or maybe like a super serum or like mm -hmm. superpowers or whatever. Yep, they're yep. doing tests. Yeah. They're not gonna tell that to everybody. They're oh, not gonna no, tell that to anybody. Be on the six o'clock news. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're oh. not going to parade around a fucking alien 
walking out of his fucking UFO on the six o'clock news. No, just going in. I yeah, no, that it's it's not gonna happen. You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna strap his ass down, dissect the fuck out of it, and get what they want out of it. What the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. That sounded Russian, uh, so he's coming in there being like, Oh my god, this the Yeti! <laughs> no, no, it's an alien! It's an alien! <laughs> Yeti! Throws a, pelt, throws a pelt on the alien really quick. Yeti! Gets like one of those shag rugs. <laughs> just, just a white shag rug. Just throwing it on the fucking alien. Alien's like, oh! Uh, just, I'm warm now! <laughs> oh, you will be. I'll put you inside me, and then vice versa. (laughs) No. Yeah, that that's that's what's gonna. I'm telling you, that's my that's my new thing. Mother Russia, (laughs) fuck a yeti. (laughs) I would uh, I would have loved to see the little retarded children coming out of that yeti. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh Uh oh. Just coming out and being like this half hybrid, half fucking, you know, it's got like 3% vodka, fucking 40% Russian, and then whatever the fuck else it had. <laughs> yeah, that's all you're going to hear. Yeah. I should have drank less vodka. <laughs> and so, for the most part, a lot of our stories today actually ended up being more Yeti than local yeah um that was intentional (laughs) i like that that was intentional i liked the because i wanted to show the broad spectrum yeah and at some point we will cover the patterson tapes Ooh, yeah you know i've been talking to you for a little bit about doing like a live stream and we could do it yeah yeah, we could just watch the fucking video and just be, like, reacting to it the entire time. That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe s- people should uh, voice message us and let us know if they'd like to see that. Like, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 mm-hmm I mm-hmm. think that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, uh, I have to get it out of my system just one more time. Just, just, just please... Just please understand, ladies and gentlemen. I just, just have to. Mother Russia. <laughs> it goes so well together now. It makes a lot of sense. God damn. Oh, I've never had so much fun with one of these buttons before. But uh, yeah, and I've never heard a Russian fucking a yeti. So. <laughs> yeah. So, are you ready to? Uh, Close this little guy out, or yeah. you want to give a little hint of next week's episode, <coughs> or not? So whatever. I mean, no, we should give. We should people give a clearly little don't tidbit. care that much because they don't even fucking message us to say hi. Uh, we, f- you know, we always check our fucking messages to see what we get. We get nothing. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Um. Now I'll, I'll give a little tidbit. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not a demon. It's not a ghost. Mm, it's something. It, it could be, but it, I feel be. like, in my opinion, it's something in between. It's something more, more sinister. 
or yeah it, it could be could be a lot more more something it's dark it's very, scary it's very dark it's very scary um think once you've un- once you've seen it you cannot unsee it you're like gonna be looking over your, your shoulder dreams. yep yeah i guarantee it <laughs> just looking behind you just like oh shit this is why we sit the way we do. So I got your back. You got mine. Exactly. Nobody's sneaking up on us, bitches. Except for the side. Like I'm. Uh, I got peripheral vision. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're covered there. Um. So yeah, let's. You, you got a little tidbit outro for us, don't so, you? So, people, why don't, why don't you submit your guesses of what next week episode's gonna be? Submit it on the Facebook page, you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do it now. Do it now. Right fucking now. Or I'm going to send Mother Russia to your house. Every single one. They, they'll try to catch me. <laughs> I'll come in wearing a fucking morph suit. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Alright, so be careful wandering around in the woods at night, going on that long hike through the swamp. Pay extra close attention to the odd sounds of the distance or the feeling of being stalked, because you never know if you'll be the next meal for a hungry Bigfoot. So sleep tight. Don't let Bigfoot get you. And And always always be be mindful mindful of your your fearful fearful thoughts. thoughts.